Hello, this is Jim, and this is the City Church Daily for Thursday, March 18th. I read a book a long time ago about Mother Teresa, and somebody in the book asked her how she summoned the strength to love so many people. She said she loved people because they are Jesus. Each one of them is Jesus. And this is true because it says so in the Bible. And it is also true that this idea contradicts the facts of reality. Everybody can't be Jesus. There are many ideas within Christian spirituality that contradict the facts of reality as I understand them. A statement like this offends some Christians because they believe if aspects of their faith do not obey the facts of reality, they are not true. But I think there are all sorts of things our hearts believe that don't make any sense to our heads. Love, for instance. We believe in love, beauty, and Jesus as God. It comforts me to think that if we were created beings, the thing that created us would have to be greater than us, so much greater. In fact, that we would not be able to understand it. It would have to be greater than the facts of our reality. And so it seemed to us looking out from within our reality that it would contradict reason. But reason itself would suggest it would have to be greater than reality or it would not be reasonable. When we worship God, we worship a being our life experience does not give us the tools from which to understand. If we could, God would not inspire awe. Eternity, for example, is not something the human mind can understand. We may be able to wrap our heads around living forever, but can we understand what it means to have never been born? I only say this to illustrate that we as Christians believe things we cannot explain, and so does everybody else. I have a friend who is a seminary student who criticizes certain Christian writers for embracing what he calls mysticism. I asked him if the statement meant that he was not a mystic. Of course not, he told me. I asked him if he believed in the Trinity. He said he did. And I asked him if he believed that the Trinity represented three separate persons who are also one. He said he did. And I asked him that would be considered a mystical idea. He just stood there thinking. You cannot be a Christian without being a mystic. I was talking to a homeless man at a laundromat recently, and he said that when we reduce Christian spirituality to math, we defile the holy. I thought that was very beautiful and comforting because I've never been good at math. Many of our attempts to understand Christian faith have not only cheapened it, I can no more understand the totality of God than the pancake I made for breakfast understands the complexity of me. The little we do understand, that grain of sand our minds are capable of grasping, those ideas such as God is good, God feels, God loves, God knows all, are enough to keep our hearts dwelling on His majesty and otherness forever. All the wonder of God happens right above our arithmetic and formula. The more I climb outside my pat answers, the more invigorating the view, the more my heart enters into worship. I love how the gospel starts with John the Baptist eating bugs and baptizing people. The religious people started getting baptized because it had become popular. 
And John yells at them and calls them snakes. He says the water won't do anything for them. It will only get their snakeskins wet. But if they meant it, if they had faith that Jesus was coming and was real, then Jesus would ignite the kingdom life within them. I love that because for so long, religion was my false gospel. But there was no magic in it. No wonder, no awe, no kingdom life burning in my chest. And when I get tempted by that same Christian religion, I go back to the beginning of the Gospels and I'm comforted that there is something more than the emptiness of ritual. God will ignite the kingdom life within me. The Bible says that's mysticism. It isn't a formula that I'm figuring out. It's something God does. I like the scene in the movie Dead Poets Society in which Mr. Keating, an English instructor at an elite preparatory school, asks his students to rip out the introduction to poetry essay from their literature textbooks. The essayist had instructed students in a method of grading poems on a sliding scale, complete with the use of a grid, thus reducing art for the heart into arithmetic for the head. The students looked around at each other in confusion. As their teacher dismissed the essay as rubbish and ordered them to rip these pages from their books. And at their teacher's loud prodding, the students began to rip. Dr. Keating paced the aisle with a trash can and reminded the students that poetry is not algebra, not songs on American bandstand that can be rated on a scale from one to ten, but rather they are pieces of art that plunge the depths of the human heart to stir vigor in men and woo women. Too much of our time is spent trying to chart God on a grid, and too little is spent allowing our hearts to feel awe. By reducing Christian spirituality to formula, we deprive our hearts of wonder. When I think about the complexity of the Trinity, the three-in-one God, my mind cannot understand, but my heart feels wonder and abundant satisfaction. It is though my heart in the midst of its euphoria is saying to my mind, there are things you cannot understand and you must learn to live with this. Not only must you learn to live with this, you must learn to enjoy this. I wanna tell you something about me that me, you may see as weakness. I need wonder. I know that death is coming. I smell it in the wind and I read it in the paper and I watch it on television and see it on the faces of the old. I need wonder to explain what is going to happen to me. What is going to happen to us when this thing is done, when our shift is over and our kids' kids are still on the earth listening to their crazy rap music. I need something mysterious to happen after I die. I need to be somewhere else after I die, somewhere with God, somewhere that wouldn't make any sense if it were explained to me right now. At the end of the day, when I'm lying in my bed and I know the chances of any of our theology being exactly right are a million to one, I need to know that God has things figured out that if my math is wrong, we're still going to be okay. And wonder is that feeling we get when we let go of our silly answers, our mapped out rules that we want God to follow. I don't think there is any better worship 
than wonder. God, teach us to wonder. Mm-hmm.